Love shapes who you are in many ways. Its presence or absence in our youth impacts our adulthood, which impacts our future generations. The cycle has to be restarted somewhere. Hani Salim. The Dragon Pod from Bending Not Breaking. Book 4 Earth. Season Overview. Welcome back to another episode of The Dragon Pod. This episode is particularly special because of our guests today. But before I introduce who our guests are, I just want to express my gratitude to everyone who's been listening to the show so far. We have been able to interview all these incredible guests this season because of you and because of our patrons who have supported us. And I just want to express my gratitude and share how thankful I am that we get to continue having these incredible conversations to change the world one podcast at a time. And that's our goal. And to be honest, we really want to continue making these. Uh, We're getting to a point where uh, it would be really helpful to have a few more patrons supporting us. Uh, And so if that is within your capacity, we definitely ask you to do so. Uh, You can find us at BNB underscore pod. And we have all kinds of perks for our patrons. We ask that you just check those out and let us know if there are perks that you would like to see, we can probably accommodate and, and make that happen. So uh, we would love your support. We'd love for you to share and tell a, a friend about the podcast and just know that that kind of support is what has gotten us to this point today. And we ask if you are able to, to support us now. And with that in mind, we are going to dive right into introducing our guests. Our guests are the Justin Richmond and Aaron Ehas. They are both dads, they're both creatives, they are co-founders of Wonderstorm and co-creators of one of the best animated series airing right now, The Dragon Prince. So I hope you'll join me in welcoming Aaron and Justin. Uh, We have an incredible conversation coming for you today. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome, you all. I'm so glad that both of you could join us. This has been a tremendous experience to watch the first three seasons. I'm also a big fan of Avatar, so having gone through all of Avatar, then getting to get to this really juicy show and having both of you kind of shepherd this to this point, and then we know that there's more in production. I'm just really thrilled to have both of you. Um, Tell us, how are you doing today, Aaron and then Justin? I'd love to hear from both of you. I started talking with my mute button on, which is a moderate, which is a phenomenon these days, which is you just start going and then you realize, anyway, all the juicy stuff I just said on mute. Sorry, I, I can't want to say that again. <laughs> um, the question was, how am I doing today? And the answer was, I'm coughing and not pressing the mute button, unmute button in time. But other than that, 
uh, doing pretty great. Thank you. How are you, Justin? I'm good. I'm good today. I'm getting over being sick, and uh, I'm glad that that is behind me. So I'm good. I'm good. Everybody's coughing and sick, it seems like. It's been a season for that, right? Is it like that on the East Coast, too? Uh, you know, some one of my friends just texted me and said they tested positive for COVID. So it seems like it is. Um, unfortunately, alas, um, alas, exactly. Right. <laughs> There's like not much we can do about it. Tis the season, yeah. I guess. And how uh, are you doing today? Thanks Answer for asking. Me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really well. I had a chance. We recorded, um, our episode four of the podcast for this season. So we talked about that episode today earlier with Nicole Chick, which is really exciting. And then now I get a chance to talk to both of you, and I'm really. Who did you say you spoke to earlier? Michal. Oh, Michal! Oh, wonderful! She's brilliant, and wonderful. I'm so glad. Yes, it was a it was a kind of a heavy episode. She picked an intense lens, actually. So I'm really excited to uh, okay. share that with everybody. Yeah. Um. So y'all have done a lot of interviews about season four already, and I don't necessarily want this to be a, a, just a repeat of all the things you've already said. So I'm curious before we dive into content. Um, what's something that makes you all you, uh, and just to kind of get to know both of you before we dive into content. Oh boy. Good question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, up front. Uh, go ahead, Aaron. Okay. Um, what makes me me? I care a lot about people and their feelings and I care about my family and it's important to me to be a dad. Um, I will tell a quick story, which is that many years ago I had um, uh, life or death surgery and I was out for almost a full day and I actually died for about 17 minutes. And while I was in the darkness, I felt like there were two things that were true in in, in kind of the, the, the darkness of my completely drugged out uh, post-death experience. And they were... Um, that invisible strings connect us all, that we're not alone, that even in that moment of darkness, I was like, hey, wait a minute, we are all connected. We are really connected by invisible strings. And the second thing that I became very aware of because my life had been brought so low uh, was that there's kind of a light inside us all. That is, um, whether it's a spirit or your whatever you call it, your your energy, your animus, your whatever it is you want, um, and that it can be weaker or stronger, depending on how you care for it, whether you exercise, have a sense mm -hmm. of humor, when you listen to music, all those things affect the brightness and intensity of the light inside you. Wow. And also, it really occurred to me that those strings and the fact that and those lights, we can we can brighten other people's. We can do things to to help people um, brighten the, the light inside them. And, and I don't know, I, that's. I, I kind of went a little further into like the question, who are you? I should have just said like, I'm a dad with a cough who changes diapers and um, stuff like that. But I said, you got a whole story about surgery and my spooky. No, I'm, I'm grateful. Inside. There you go. All right, Justin. Good oh, luck. Boy, how do I follow that up? That's, there you uh, go. Yeah. That's a lot. Good luck. I don't have anything like that. Uh, no, I think uh, for me, um, I really like making stuff that makes people smile i guess like that doesn't mean it can't have like serious tones to it but things that are maybe not as uh as bloody or dark i guess uh more on like the light-hearted adventure side <laughs> like yeah. uh i really like making stuff that 
that can be both serious, but also like can, can really bring a smile to people's face and that, uh, especially that families can watch together, like things that are not, not dumbed down for kids, you know, dumbed down, but like, there are things that every, that everybody in my house can sit down and watch and be like, that was fun. That was a really fun movie or show or book or whatever. Um, I really like those things. Um, and I think we need more of that stuff, uh, that, yeah. you know, that we can sort of enjoy together. That's not dumb. There's plenty of place for dumb stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I love uh, the movie Dumb and Dumber is actually one of my favorite films. It's hilarious, but it's awesome. uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm hearing there's two things there. I'm hearing that one, it's the being able to consume things that are for everyone allows you to spend quality time with your family, right? And with your loved ones. That sounds like that's really important to you from, from what I heard. And then also that you like creating it, which is uh, another thing that's really helpful for us to kind of know about you as we move into this. So this is incredible. I'm hearing this kind of really interesting mix between the two of you that kind of paints a picture for us and understanding how how this really cool show has come into being. Um, So thank you all for sharing. Um, We're going to be talking about some really neat stuff today. There are some key themes that you all have mentioned multiple times in other interviews regarding generational and intergenerational conflict and cycles of violence and how this show is kind of touching on those points and on multiple facets. And so I'm curious if you were to, um, in a nutshell, wrap uh, just an initial thought around our responsibility to break that cycle. I'd love to hear just like, how this show is a step in that process if it is in your mind or is it just commentary on i'm just i'm curious what that's um how that question lands for you all um i to me i think about like a very core line is harrow's realization and it's because he's facing his own death he knows he's going to die that night and he says to callum a child is freer than a king and to me like that's an important idea, right? It's like we become adults and we all kind of, whatever we're striving for, to be a great artist or, you know, a, a leader of industry or get rich or whatever it is people are trying to do, whatever it is you're seeking, like, even if you get to be a king, you're you're never going to have the freedom to see the world and 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 kind, kind of um, make choices and have beliefs the way you do when when you're a child and i guess what that means is sort of like you start to inherit all these responsibilities and um kind of burdens of um uh, like what what generations have done before and how you need to respond and what you need to carry you know and i think um i don't know I, i'm not quite explaining it but um but how how do you get past that, right? How do you go like, okay, yeah. well, I'm part of this people or this group who were wronged by this group and had this exchange, and and it's it's not that history doesn't matter because history very much does matter, but how how do you find a way forward with people who were children and our children and the next generation of children so that something really bright can be built, hopefully that that yeah. isn't necessarily being distorted by the mistakes and um kind of traumas of of the past i i don't know and so it's it's not simple it's not just a matter of yeah. ignoring it and 
and and moving forward i mean and that's some of what season four starts to get into which is like you can't just ignore it right like i denied something that was undeniable ezrin's speech is all about that it's like yeah you can't just say hey i'm into hope and peace and let's do that everybody yeah. is but but also there are a lot of people carrying angry anger and and wrongs and injustices and you have to figure out how to move forward somehow in love uh, while also yeah. recognizing all that's happened. I don't know. Yeah, no, what that reminds me of, honestly, is this, the story that you, you brought up about these strings that are connecting everyone, frankly. It's this idea that changing these things doesn't happen in a silo and on your own. In fact, it has to happen in community, right? This has to happen in relationship to the people we're with whether it be generationally, but also just interpersonally within the people that we're constantly working with. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just noticing in the way that you're addressing that is that it requires that we pay attention to those strings, so to speak. Um, that's, so that's really wonderful. Justin, I'm curious, is what are your thoughts on this? And feel free to... <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I think I mean, we, we see it in a similar way, I think. I mean, hopefully, in the best possible case, someone a young person sees it and says, sees something in their life that, that has echoes of this and then tries to confront it or change it or, or make a better decision to get out of whatever situation that they've been clearly living with for a long time. Right. Like that's, that'd be great. <laughs> right? yeah. if, if, if we can even shine a little light on a problem that someone else can then take and and use in some interesting way, like in their life or, or even just thinking about it, you know, even if it doesn't result in a direct change in their life, but it's something that they think about and they talk about or, or carry that forward with them. I think that's, yeah, know, that's, that would be amazing, right? That's a huge thing. But if it's just a commentary and people look at it as a commentary, that's fine too. <laughs> but, um, yeah. well, and honestly, it's a matter of approach too, right? If people are yeah. watching it just to watch it for commentary, then so be it. But if people like the purpose of this podcast is to kind of use this as a way to even as we escape to the world of the dragon prince right we are learning how to better live in our own world um yeah i mean i think there's you know there's always that idea that like maybe it doesn't even occur to you you watch it when you're 10 yeah you don't even think about it and then you know 20 years later or something it pops in your head and you're like oh <laughs> maybe i should go back and watch that again maybe you know yeah. maybe i should think about that more you know that that would be fantastic yeah absolutely well, due to our short time together, what I would love to do is um, move past our 30-second recaps. I know that everybody was really hoping for that. But instead, uh, I'd let it, I want to go straight into our primal source um, segment, which is essentially, I'd love to hear from both of you, what was the most meaningful moment in the making of this season for you? And that can be in... Take that any way you want, whether it's a, the writing, whether it was in the, the showing. I'm just curious uh, for both of you, what was a really meaningful moment specifically for this season? I've got one, Aaron. You want me to go? Yeah, you can go first. Justin. Right. Uh, I think for me, I get, you know, it was. <laughs> It was getting to do it at all. <laughs> it wasn't even, I mean, it wasn't like, there was a lot of great stuff about making season four. Like there's a lot of, and a lot of hard stuff and tricky yeah. things and things to work out. But like the fact that the fans liked it enough that they watched it more, yeah. they watched season three more than they watched season two, which then let 
Netflix know that it was a good enough show to keep going, that's huge. I mean, like, it's just, it's very rare that you get to keep making stuff that you like making. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I guess the moment that, that we got to announce we were making not just one more season, but, yes. but four. Yeah, you know, at Comic-Con, which was like, literally when the deal was getting done like we, we were like announcing it basically as the like paperwork was being signed and so like i think that whole sequence of events i'm very thankful for it was like it was awesome i mean just it was a great feeling and it was a terrible time right it was covid everything yeah. sucked we were all working from home we're recording this video for we were recording a video on zoom just like this for uh for for comic-con and like we weren't gonna be able to get together and we hadn't seen each other in months and you know and there was no hope of vaccine or anything and so like having that one moment of, of like really pure joy was i don't know it was pretty special yeah no i love that thank you for sharing aaron how about you um there's a, there are a lot of moments that mean a lot i'm gonna say that that uh Actually, it was a conversation with two of the voice actors, with Jason and Raquel, um, that was before we were greenlit. Mm. In fact, it was, it was before we even had a, before even season three came out, we had started thinking about season four. I think we were at some con uh, anime convention in Atlanta in 2019. And Justin, I don't know if you remember this, but <clears throat> we pitched to them, to Raquel and Jason, the scene of um Viren in particular I think having the panic attack and watching the sunset and kind of saying maybe I shouldn't do this Claudia and kind of talking through like do I really want to chase everything for 30 days and and make this our plot or like or maybe like I'm finally at this point where I should just take a deep breath and try to live and be myself accept myself yeah um enjoy my time with you, like explore Zadia, have experiences and just peace out. Right. And like, so it was first of all, the conversation of Viren being able to have that moment. And then Claudia responding really moved, like tearing up, but then slapping him. She's like, no, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm taking us on this journey. We are saving your life. I am determined. I am strong. I'm powerful. And in the conversation I remember with Raquel and Jason, it was just both showed such a depth as artists like approaching these characters and how Claudia could grow into this power and this change and how Viren could start to explore this vulnerability and this softness. And we knew it was there from previous seasons, but that conversation in Atlanta about a very early scene in season four, for me, yeah. opened up all the possibilities for their characters that, that Justin and I started to, to work on and, and push through that are coming in season five and six and, you know, and so forth. So, um, but yeah, so that moment of, of uh, time with those, with our voice actors was just an yeah. inspiring and eye opening. I mean, that's really just incredible. And Jason and Raquel have been on the podcast at this point. And Raquel was actually on for the episode with the slap. And talking about that with her was fascinating. We got into it. So I am I hope that people who are listening now will give that episode a, a, a listen because there was a lot that we unpacked. Um, and I could hear how much she was in Claudia's head. It was phenomenal to just witness the artistry that was there. So I love hearing about that, especially from that perspective. Wow. That was really wonderful. I'm just like, part of me wants to just continue to lean on those conversations, but 
alas, uh, we're <laughs> we're going to push forward into our, our our kind of the bulk of our conversation, which is this idea of the long view. We're not doing any in depth season or episode work. Instead, we're kind of thinking about the the season as a whole and even the series as a whole, but kind of focusing on the season here as kind of a pivot for what's coming. And, you know, again, mentioning this idea that the premise of the show is that we're trying to learn from the Dragon Prince about how to do better in our own reality. So with that in mind, I'd love to kind of think about some moments in this season that offer us insight into how we might better address our own intergenerational conflict. And so I'm kind of going to pass this to you all and ask, are there moments that come to mind in this season that you all would lift up as a way to kind of gain insight about how to grapple with intergenerational conflict? Big question. I mean, I'll give the easy answer, which is, I think, Ezrin's speech at the end of 403, you know, uh, which is the, um, the episode with the Dragon Queen's visit and everything that's happening. Um, you know, we we mentioned it before, but I think that was something that when Justin and I were talking was really important to be like, hey, like, we don't have the answer here. We just understand the problem, right? It's It's somehow you have to be able to hold pain and love in your heart at the same time, right? There's this idea that it's like, you can't just be the hopeful yeah. idealist, you know? I think about like Katara back in Avatar or whatever, and it's like characters, Ezrin is a little bit of like Aang or Katara. He's very optimistic, very positive. He's very, yeah. you know, and um, he as he's growing and maturing, his ideals are being tested. His His optimism is being tested. And what I think is beautiful is like, he's saying like, okay, well, I've got to find a way to, to like carry it and learn and grow and, and take it in, take in the trauma, but not, not let it totally change me. Right. Still find that hope, that optimism, like, not like how can they not be alternatives? You know, it's almost Hegelian, right? Hegel uh, had all these I, kind of ideas of things that were like thesis and antithesis that were opposites that, that can't coexist. And then somehow synthesis they do. And and in the synthesis, that's where history progresses. That's where something changes, something evolves. And there's something to that here. Um, you know, I don't know. So that's, that's, I guess, the moment that I think about yeah. it, it's sort of, again, being able to. Well, one of the things I really appreciate about this moment, too, is I like exactly what you said is that it's, we know, we understand the problem. We don't understand the answer. I think part of what this is, is realizing that we can never be certain about how to proceed, but what we can do is lean into this idea that cultivating awareness is something that's going to be helpful in dealing with intergenerational conflict. If we are moving through our lives without realizing that we are affected by this, like Ezrin tries to do, Right. He tries like, no, everything will be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then it finally reaches this point where he says, no, I'm angry. And it has to come to the point where there is a conscious understanding of what's going on. Um, and then only then can you grapple with it. And I think that's what we see, which is really beautiful. And I, I just I think the way that you said that was really helpful. Um, it's funny. I'll also, if I can if I can add, because I know you've talked about Avatar a lot on this podcast. Um 
I'm kind of just connecting it with Avatar in a way that I hadn't before. And I will tell you, um, I know there are some different kind of rumors out there about, um, you know, season three slash imaginary season four of Avatar. And uh, the, the truth is we had been asked to think about it by some of the executives, even though Brian and Mike weren't necessarily on board all the time. And one of the things I really wanted to uh, do in a season four was for Aang having faced the Fire Lord. And it's kind of in a way it's like too easy that it's just like, ah, oh, I took away his bending. Here we go. Yeah. I just absorbed his powers. And now he can't do anything. Well, one of the ideas I really wanted to bring into season four was how does Aang carry this? He's carrying a part of this really dark spirit, this really heavy, dark thing that he yeah. took on himself. He took into himself to protect the world, to help the world, right? Well, mm. now he has to carry that. And one of the things that you know I wanted to play in that fourth season was like, how does Zuko help him do that, right? Zuko has yeah. led a life being exposed to abuse and trauma and and damage and um, anger and, and hatred and all these terrible, dark emotions that Aang in the temple didn't really get to deal with. And so who better to support Aang and help him learn to carry those things and still be the avatar than Zuko who better to be a friend who can help him understand yeah there's darkness yeah you're you did some things you had you have to carry it now you know so anyway it's funny thinking about that and thinking about how we're watching Ezrin evolve and mature and say okay I'm gonna mature I'm gonna I'm gonna learn the realities and the complexities of of the world and understand what's happened and I'm still gonna find hope I'm still gonna find an optimism there and a way to change things in you know for for the better anyway just connecting those so you know, I'll, I'll hand I it off it's super beautiful and it begs the question like ezrin is doing this and he's experienced a lot of a hardship to be fair and yet uh this idea that ang would have had zuko right who who are these people that are gonna be that connection for ezrin Right. And who are going to be the people that can walk him through despite not having, you know, a scar <laughs> on his literal face. But, you know, that's um, conjecture at this point. But, Justin, I, I do want to pass this to you. I'm, I'm curious, what is a moment and you can either continue this thread with Ezrin's speech or go somewhere else. But what is a moment for you that kind of offers insight into how we might better address this intergenerational conflict? I mean, yeah, I guess on a different level or different the i think the janai um kareem stuff is really interesting it's not sort of i guess the one moment i would look at is like fascinating kareem is uh is sure that his sister is going to back down and that he's gonna not have to fight with her and she doesn't um and she puts her foot down and and basically says enough is enough and I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And so it's a different kind of intergenerational conflict. Like it, it definitely represents two different ways of thinking, but it's also yeah. in the same family. So I think that's really interesting, which is lots of people deal with in, in real life, right? Is I disagree with my parents or I disagree with my grandparents yeah. or they, they have a line of thinking. And I, what I like about Kareem is that like, at least at first you can sort of follow where he's coming from. Absolutely. You know, he's not he's not wrong. I mean, there are certainly things that I disagree with what Kareem is saying, but he's not wrong either. And so 
and I don't like his outcome. I don't where I don't like where he's going, which is very much like let's close close the borders, let's make Sunfire Elves, yeah, you know, be their own people again. But like, but he he's he's also he's worried about the right thing, which is like, are we going to lose ourselves uh, if we open up like this? And mm. and and I think that's an interesting conversation. Like now, obviously, like if you look at like modern. Uh, immigration like that's not true right like there are plenty of, of cases where people's entire cultures just get carried with them to new to new places and and there's a new version of it that's different and cool and still honors whatever came before but has become its own thing yeah. so i think that whole that whole scene or plot set of plot lines i guess i think is really interesting to look at um in terms of of two points of view that i think people will actually see in the real world you know they can map it onto their own lives so i think um you know, fighting with magic is one way to solve it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Justin, I want to I want to ask you something about that. Yeah. Kareem says she's not going to fight. She's going to throw in the towel. She's going to forfeit. She's going to walk away. Yeah. Don't worry. There won't even be a duel. Who knows my sister better than I do? Right. All right. What happened? Why is he wrong? Why does he miss the mark? Why does he miss here? What happened? I, I mean, I think it is, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch, but I think it's a bunch of, I mean, I think it's Amaya is what happened. I think it yes. is. 100%. With, if know, not for Amaya, she would yeah. have backed down. He yeah. knows her, but who knows her better than he does? Amaya does. Right. Amaya's changed. Oh, she's changed. Amaya, she, he, she has changed. And that's beautiful. Thinking. I think yeah. that's so beautiful. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it's, I've, I have friends who have, change their point of view because of like, for example, a college roommate, right? Someone who they did not necessarily know they were going to run into. They became friends through a set of circumstances that was beyond their control. And then they affect each other in a meaningful way, right? Where it's like, oh, I come from a very conservative household and this person's like a bohemian artist and they end up being best friends and they may not see eye to eye on everything, but they they definitely change each other's point of view. I think that's that's interesting. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Two cakes. Maya says two cakes, man. Yeah. Love it. Outside the box. So my field of research uh, has been, I've been done, (laughs) my field of research is trauma. Uh, So I do a lot of work with trauma, but I also have been doing a lot of work on the development of personhood and how personhood becomes. Um, And one of the things that I've been realizing is that who we are as people is very much determined by who we spend our time with. Right. And this idea that Janai has changed and become someone entirely new because of Amaya very much tracks with this research. Who we spend our time with changes us in a way that our literal physical selves change on a on an atomic level. But also we are changing our ideas. We are leaning into different ideas and values based off of the people that we care about and we spend our time with. And so this idea that Janai has been spending more and more time with Amaya and that is changing her is really beautiful. And at the same time, it's really sad that Kareem hasn't been able to see that and not been able to, to notice, right? And because What's really interesting about this is something that you were pointing to, Justin, is this idea that there are so many traditions that are rooted in Sunfire Elf culture that we learn about, right? This this idea of being able to duel for rulership of of the Sunfire Elves and um, this idea that uh, how we rule and all these things are are rooted in, in harm and violence. And 
their predecessors were like, no, we're not going to, we're going to do away with that. And for probably the valid reasons. And yet Kareem chooses to lean back into what makes us us. Because if we feel like we are losing who we are, it's a tendency to double down on who we have been rather than on who we can become. And, and it's, I think it's worse than that. It's we double down on what we thought we were, not yeah. necessarily what we actually were. And so it's yeah. a perception of it's, it's through a, some sort of lens, like, you, you know, almost certainly you weren't there, right? Like Kareem mm. was not there when they changed those laws. And so he has some sort of rose colored glasses about what that actually meant to society. Absolutely. You know? It brings yeah, back the idea of like returning to normal when your normal comes from a position of privilege, right? Right. So, right. right? It's and that's that's kind of what we're pointing to with with yeah. this idea with Kareem. So, really beautiful idea that, I, and and I guess what I'm hearing is the takeaway, like the takeaway we heard from Ezra's situation was that awareness of the problem matters. What I'm hearing in this is who we spend our time with matters and the values of the people we spend our time with matters um, in terms of who we are going to become. Um, and, and there might be a different takeaway. I'm curious if, if there's a different thought for that, for, for either of you. I mean, at one slight different thought is that I think when the folks from different cultures, humans and elves and whatever, wherever are coming together. There's potential for conflict. There's what happens with, you know, Lucia and, and uh, the elf who's mourning his mother. Um, but there's also tremendous potential for learning and growth. You know, when you're experiencing someone who has a different background and you're listening and you're open and you're sharing, like, I think, you know, I th even like, just like Rayla Callum and Ezra, that really simple mix yes. is really powerful you know for all of them and how they grow and change so anyway that would be my other little takeaway is um or, or think about like terry and claudia you know like oh. what are they both getting out of each other and where where is that going um so i don't know yeah i am loath to move on unfortunately due to time i do it move on we I, have um, to we must yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, uh, for all the things we could be discussing, alas, we must move on. season in particular that uh, grapples with intergenerational conflict and cycles of violence and they can receive this war award for better or worse so somebody that is completely dismantling this to the best of their ability and is really great at handling it 
and on the other hand, really bad at it and being handled by it. So either one, either spectrum, so to speak. So I'm curious, who would you all like to nominate for the Lens MVP for the season? I mean, who would you nominate? Maybe you can nominate and we can choose the winner. I don't know. <laughs> who, who's on your short list? Oh, this is going to go to Twitter. So okay. uh, oh, yeah. we're going to have three votes and people are going to vote. Oh. They agree with. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Ezrin is sort of vocalizing a lot of it in this season. Yeah. For sure. Um, I still think of Rayla deeply as, an MV- as the MVP from the first minutes of the series. The Ooh. fact that she had a job she was an assassin carrying duty from zadia the king of the dragons was killed by humans the egg was destroyed and she had a job to do and she was there she's carrying this duty based on this intergenerational thing being handed to her here you go here you go here you go human in the mix spots them chases him down there he is her duty based on everything that's happened in history she has to kill this person but she looks him in the eye and she sees fear and she sees humanity. She sees something the same as her. She can't do it. And she hesitates and she doesn't push forward the trauma. She lets this guy go. That's it. That was the ripple, right? That started everything in motion. It messed everything up, right? Like, But it, it gave the chance for her to meet Callum and Ezrin, who also had a chance to rethink things and all that. So I always think back to that moment and Rayla and that fact that like, Again, it's like she's a child. She hadn't hardened to the point of being able to just force it through, right? But um, but that moment of empathy we always think of as like the thing that started the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So I give her MVP going, going back. But I know that's not season four, so that messes up your vote. You know just what? To- Viren, Viren I'm going to allow it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Viren's on the Viren. list. Yeah. Justin, how about Viren's, you? Viren's in the heart of it for me. It might be another real... Uh, Viren's in the heart of it also, right? Like he is. He's but he's done so much damage. You're going to give yeah. him. Oh, are you giving him the opposite of MVP? Which one are you doing? I am giving him the opposite of MVP. Okay. Yeah. That, not in a good way. Sorry. I thought, I thought we were going both ways here. Yeah. It's full uh, ways. Both spectrum. Negative MVP in that, you know, I think he had, an, he had a moment where he could have walked away regardless of what Claudia said. And he did not. And he chose to. Uh, to enter back into that life and so um, we got we got both ends of the spectrum here yeah, exactly incredible yeah. wow i am really excited for people to vote on this one i can't wait to hear what people say on twitter y'all bnb underscore pod if you are curious and want to follow that track i'm going to throw one more out there we got to do it which is oh, right. and i'm going to the wrong season but like you have to give credit for someone who can go into themselves mm. who can who can hurt even if it's not world changing Changing yourself can be really hard. Looking at who you are, what's affected you, what's come down. And like, even though like, I mean, can you imagine you, you, you this is your dad and your sister and you have to turn yes. your back on them. Like it's identity. You're giving up your identity, but to at least say, oh, this is the person I want to be, right? It's so personal, but yeah. that's the first step. Talking about that with Jesse was an incredible moment. So thank you for lifting that up too. All right, y'all, you heard it. Three votes. You're gonna have to vote between these three. All right. Sorry. Um, and so I'm really excited rather than me and putting, I'm going to go straight to gratitude to make sure we are respecting people's time and ask, who are you grateful for? We've talked about, uh, the MVP for doing things and, but this can go 
from the most minor character to your favorite character. But regardless, who are you thankful for in this season and why? Oh, boy. (laughs) It's a big question, right? It's my favorite. While y'all are thinking, how about this? I'll share. Uh, this season, I, like, I, I feel like I have to because I've gained so much already just by watching and talking about Terry. Um, Terry has been an exceptional addition to the cast, not only because he is teaching us how to feel our feelings and even when it's hard, but he is giving us so much... Uh, opportunity to live into who we are meant to be and i just am really grateful for terry and so i would love to hear both of y'all's thoughts too i'm gonna i'm gonna hear here that one i i love terry i think terry is hilarious and brilliant and strong and has a point of view that like i you know just when Justin and i have talked about terry we've often talked about him as kind of an earthblood elf version of like uncle Iroh in his relationship with Claudia in some ways, in a way. Um, And I don't know, there's, there's um, we've been so lucky. Ben Collins has just done a phenomenal job bringing this character to life. We've, we've said it before, you know, I mentioned Jason and Raquel who are just like phenomenal and they're already giants on the show. They're so their presence is so powerful. Ben steps right in is an equal is a peer is is performing at their level uh creates and shapes the dynamic with them he's incredible and um but yeah the character i mean and and he's complicated people have picked up on the fact that like well oh, oh yes. helps elves hates elves or whatever why is she with terry well terry seems so good like he has a moral compass why does he put up with dark magic well people are complicated they yes. see something in each other you know possibly beyond what's obvious right you know i mean like claudia hat may have all these thoughts about history and elves and whatever but that doesn't mean she didn't fall in love with terry when she met him um and vice versa right like he may have misgivings about some of the things she does he says he has misgivings in the end of season four and expresses it and it changes how she acts um will it change her and shape her you know over time will she you know totally change paths or will he be compromised in some way? I don't know. We have to see how their relationship plays out, but yeah, uh, absolutely. Very grateful for Terry. Very grateful for Ben. Oh, I just want to keep talking. Justin, Justin, who are you grateful for? Pretty quick. Uh, mine's a little more goofy. I really love Trit and Terrabin, uh, the guys who guard the doors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. like, no, I love it. It's a pretty heavy season and those guys are hilarious. Um, yes. And I just, they, they killed it in the booth and they were very, very funny. And they're also not human. Like they're, they're some, they're a different kind of creature that we've never seen before. So they're yeah. like weirdly Zabian. Um, I, don't know, I just love those guys. I think they're great, and they're they're very funny, and and they're they're uh, their their humor is is rightly needed right there uh, in a very set of like very crazy circumstances. So I'm gonna go with Chert and Terbium. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. make a choice, Chert or Terbium. Come Chert. on, Chert. Chert. Oh, really? <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> Forcing the vote. Dang, <laughs> incredible. Hard choice for Chert. Yeah, incredible. Well, Chert for president. Y'all have been incredibly generous with your time. Thank you so much. I know we're already a few minutes over. Uh, thank you for being a thank part you, of this. Ben. Thank you, Ben. We love your Your conversations with 
our cast and crew are always insightful, are always, you're really great at bringing out beautiful thoughts from people and really, I'm just really impressed and really, we really enjoy your podcast. We're thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if people want to find you and you want to be found, how would you like them to find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Wild Speculation. You're not uh, going to tell them what coffee shop we hang I'm out I'm not going to tell you what coffee shop I enjoy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, and then the official Dragon Prince is on, is on Twitter and Instagram and all the other places that you would think we would exist. Fabulous. And then, Twitter, I guess, at Aaron Ehaz on Twitter, right? I'm out there. All right. I'm out there. That's just... right. Fabulous. And then, of course, everyone, you can find us on BNB underscore pod on all the things, especially on Patreon. We love Patreon. Thank you so much, both of you. Again, I'm really grateful for our time. And until next time, everyone, be well and